The Cayman Islands government is launching a number of activities starting in early February as part of the worldwide celebrations to commemorate Her Majesty the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, the first British monarch to mark 70 years on the throne. Radio Cayman's Crossley Fuller has the details. To prepare for local celebrations, a steering committee of individuals from across the public and private sectors, as well as civil society, have been working on creating a, quote, suitable program to commemorate the historic milestone. Year-long celebrations start in early February and are being planned with the highlight being an extended long weekend from June 2nd to 6th, bringing forward the annual Queen's birthday celebration to the first week in June. Celebrations start with the opening of a commemorative exhibition at the National Museum on February 5th, followed on the Sunday with a special sitting of Parliament, marking the day on which Her Majesty the Queen ascended to the throne. In March, a Commonwealth Day's church service will be taking place on the 13th at St. George's Anglican Church, and then on Commonwealth Day, March 14th, The Commonwealth flag will be hoisted in a ceremony at the Government Administration Building. In April, Cayman will get the Queen's Jubilee Baton in preparation for the upcoming Commonwealth Games in July. In May, a car show will be held featuring vintage cars. And then in early June, the events build with a crescendo with a weekend of activities that move the celebrations into high gear. It starts with the official lighting of the beacons on June 2nd at Pedro and at the Christopher Columbus Gardens in Cayman Brack. An outdoor concert at the venue will showcase performances from the National Choir and National Orchestra on Grand Cayman, with performances taking place in the BRAC as well. On June 3rd, there's two events, including the return of the International Air Show to the Cayman Islands and a live music concert. Throughout the weekend, trees will be planted as part of a special program called the Queen's Green Canopy, Plant a Tree for the Jubilee. On June 5th, Cayman's Religious Heritage will be showcased with a service of Thanksgiving at Elmsley Memorial Church. This will be followed by a children's tea party at the Botanic Park that afternoon. Finally, on Monday, the Queen's birthday celebration will take place with a traditional parade and garden party at Government House, followed by evening fireworks along Seven Mile Beach. Reporting for Radio K-Man News, I'm Carsley Fuller. Against the backdrop of Pedro St. James, UK Minister, the Right Honorable Amanda Milling, tells Radio K-Man it has been a pleasure to visit K-Man for her first ministerial trip to the overseas territories. Thank you ever so much for the incredibly warm welcome to the Cayman Islands. It's been a fantastic visit. I have seen how the Cayman Islands have got so much to offer and you know, got so many different aspects which are just so, so positive in terms of from you know, the financial services sector to the tourism sector to a fantastic uh, group of citizens who've been fantastic to get to know. It's really such a you know fantastic place with fantastic people. Ms. Milling says the trip provided her with an opportunity to see firsthand a number of different aspects of the COVID response, from genomic sequencing and testing to the field hospital. She says she is looking forward to coming back to the islands again in the future. On Saturday, Minister Milling traveled to Little Cayman and while there, heard from the Department of Environment about their efforts to preserve Cayman's biodiversity, including protection of the sister island rock iguana. She also toured the Central Caribbean Marine Institute field station to learn about their work on coral restoration. The minister has offered further UK support where the Cayman Islands government need it. LGBTQIA organization Colors Cayman, meantime, says it is disappointed that it was not able to meet with Minister Milling during her trip here. A press release from the organization highlights the recent physical assault on a same-sex couple and the need for anti-discrimination legislation and hate crime laws in the islands. Colors Caribbean says the decision not to meet with them only further adds to a sense of perpetual neglect and lack of interest from the U.K. government.
The Ministry of Investment, Innovation and Social Development announces a strategic partnership with Cayman Finance, the industry body which represents the Cayman Islands financial services industry. Separate from the work with the Ministry of Financial Services and Commerce, this partnership will entail strategic promotional work to bolster the reputation of the islands as a globally respected financial services center of excellence, while also reinforcing the industry's brand messaging. Now that we have a new Ministry of Investment, Innovation and Social Development, that is more focused on the promotional aspect of it, it just seemed that it was critical timing now for us to boost those efforts and have Cayman Finance partner with that ministry so that we have a two-pronged approach. The Honorable Andre Ebank says the ministry has supported Cayman Finance with $350,000 for 2022, which comes at a significant and critical time. We're working on tax and regulatory and global compliance and then also telling the world our good story in that area and be able to further the economy, attract good, valid, sound business to the Cayman Islands and have Cayman Finance partner with the Ministry of Investment, Innovation and Social Development to tell the world who we really are as a global partner rather than a global problem. Connor O'Day is the chairman of Cayman Finance. The partnership has always been there, but I think it's really exciting to think of it in the promotion phase, because I think we haven't done enough of that. So we're very grateful to the minister and to the government for their assistance in funding us uh, so that so we can work alongside them in 2022 and 2023. And really, I think we will be able to make measurable progress and measurable growth for the industry and for government and for the economy of the Cayman Islands. The ministry says the partnership will be focusing on strategic promotion and developing bespoke messaging and public relations campaigns. A multi-agency child abuse prevention project is seeing its 10-year milestone. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solens has more. The 10th anniversary of Protection Starts Here will focus on identifying the gains and gaps of safeguarding children in the Cayman Islands. Spearheaded by the Cayman Islands Red Cross in conjunction with six local agencies, they plan to revisit existing materials, such as their original public service announcements on child abuse, which began in 2012, as well as disseminate more targeted educational messages, breaking down different forms of abuse, highlighting local resources, and advocating for the creation of national standards for youth-serving organizations and KMEM. In 2012, PSH was launched with a series of seven public service announcements focusing on child sexual abuse in the Cayman Islands. The PSAs were disseminated at the local movie theaters and at the now-defunct Cayman 27. Other child abuse prevention projects over the 10 years include delivery of Girls' Will, a girls' empowerment conference for 12 to 19-year-olds in 2014, partnering with Ministry of Education and Canadian Red Cross in the It's Not Your Fault Youth Violence Prevention Program pilot in 2017, and the Mobile Health and Wellness Project for Children and Adolescents in July 2020. The PSH 10th anniversary launch will be hosted virtually on Zoom on February 10th, 6.30 p.m. Unspeakable, the virtual relaunch will include a viewing of the 30-minute educational documentary on child sexual abuse in Cayman, followed by a panel discussion with members of the PSH Working Group on the Gains and Gaps in Child Safeguarding in Cayman. For more information or to join the session, email deputy at redcross.org.ky. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins. A government-sponsored training series emphasizes providing parents and caregivers with valuable insight into how the brains of our young children work. 
Decades of research in early childhood development tells us that birth to five represents an incredible period of brain development and brain growth. And because it is such rapid development, it represents an incredible period of opportunity to support and nurture the developing child and the growing brain. At the same time, it also represents a period of great vulnerability. And so children are highly dependent on relationships and environments around them to ensure that they have the adequate opportunity to develop the healthiest brain possible for future learning. The Wellness Center Shannon Seymour is facilitating the seven-part series, delivered via Zoom on Tuesday evenings from 6 to 7.30. It's free, sponsored by the Ministry of Education Early Childhood Unit. I'm really excited about the Growing Brain delivered in this format on Zoom because we're able to offer it to so many people. At present, we have over 100 participants registered already, and we would just love to see so many people in the community participate. I think it speaks to how important young children are in the lives of our Cayman community and how invested people are, parents and early childhood caregivers, aunties and, and grandmas, in understanding everything that we can do to give them the best head start. While each unit is standalone, Ms. Seymour says ideally participants will attend all seven units because the information is delivered in sequence. However, if you can't do that, you will still find a great deal of value and information in each session that you can attend. To sign up, visit the social media accounts of the Wellness Center or Education Cayman or email info at wellnesscenter.ky and they'll email you the link. The first session is tomorrow night. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings. Good evening. With a look at Radio Cayman's local sports, I'm Dion Anglin. Cayman boxer Hepsiba Angel has returned to training camp in Ireland at coach Liam Brereton's gym. The return to camp kicks off the Cayman Islands Boxing Association's agenda for 2022. More from Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller. The association says it continues to face challenges with the ongoing pandemic and training athletes for international competition is, quote, impossible given the current COVID-19 regulations. SIBA says these, quote, prevent current on-island competition preparation like pad work, sparring, and other methods which involve contact or breaking social distancing. For the boxers to reach the skill and fitness levels necessary to perform and represent the country internationally, SIBA says it's working to send boxers overseas to train and compete. While this is a, quote, costly ambition, the board of directors are pushing to ensure that the association continues to fulfill its mandate to promote and develop amateur boxing in the Cayman Islands. Angel will travel to Bulgaria from Ireland in February for a week of training and to compete in the 73rd International Boxing Tournament, Estrangia. The tournament will host boxers from around the world and is an opportunity for Angel as she prepares for the Commonwealth Games in July. For Radio Cayman Sports, I'm Carsley Fuller. Cayman Islands amateur golfer Holly McLean is officially a Sooner. McLean recently signed her national letter of intent to play at the University of Oklahoma in Oklahoma, which she will begin in the fall of 2023. I'm very excited to be a part of the University of Oklahoma women's golf team. I'll be joining in the fall of 2023. And this means a lot to me because one of my main goals for this year was to be a part of a Division I college golf team. And I'm so honored to be attending Oklahoma University because I've worked so hard for this moment and and it's finally here. The Oklahoma Sooners are a part of the Big 12 Conference. With Oklahoma University being a part of the Big 12, it's great for me to go and play against the top schools and compete against the best collegiate players in the country because my end goal is to become one of the best players in the world and playing against the top collegiate players and the best schools in America throughout my college career will definitely help me achieve this goal. 
Previously, Radio Gay Man reported that Holly was officially a cowgirl, but has since gotten word that McLean is a sooner at OU and not at OSU, as previously stated. Congratulations to Holly and all the best at OU. And several devoted netball fans gathered at the Truman Bodden Sports Complex on the weekend in memory of a legend. The Pauline Bodden Festival was a huge success as family, friends and teammates gathered in honor of Cayman's late national player who passed away in May of last year. The tournament started with us meeting Pauline Boddenham's daughter. She came along so that she could be a representative and she carried her son with her. And so we introduced everybody because there's new people on the island. They probably didn't meet Pauline or doesn't understand uh, why we're doing the festival. So it's a Pauline Boddenham shooting festival and rally at the end. Netball's technical director Janet Letman tells Radio Cayman Sports the festival began with a shooting competition which saw some of the best shooters on island in representation of the late sharpshooter. Each team named two of their players and of the two of their players they would shoot for two minutes on some cones and they have one attempt at each cone and they keep on repeating that same cycle until the two minutes up and then the top two people would get a prize. I think the shooting, some people don't know standby cone, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and then others, you can see that their consistency of their shooting, like if you shoot in one spot and you miss it but you get the rebound, you can replay again. But when you've got to move to another cone, you've got to reassess your positioning and how you're going to shoot. So I felt that they really took it seriously and I felt that they honoured Pauline in the sense of most of the goals that people were scoring was like 25 in two minutes. In the sense, I think the lowest was about 15. After that, eight teams divided into two divisions, which eased their way into the first round of play and saw some great excitement. We had two divisions. One division had all-stars, rising stars, red, Roma, yellow, and Sky Angels, and the other one was Elite, Rising Stars, Orange, Roma Purple, and All Stars B Team. And so basically what they did, they played a round robin competition, which is a competition that everybody in that division plays against each other, and then you place yourself one to whoever's at the bottom. And basically the winners for the a team was All Stars, then Rising Stars came second, Roma came third and Sky Angels came fourth. And on the B section, it was Elite that came first, epic game against Rising Stars. And then we got Rising Stars, then Roma, then All Stars. Elite won the Pauline Bodden shootout with Nicole Pringle and Karen James earning top prizes. The mixed league winners saw Rising Stars take the top prize and the MVP went to Alex Thompson of Elite. That'll do it for Radio K-Man's local sports for this evening. I'm Dion Anglin.